You're listening to Robertson Adol Kazilski. If you have a community event coming up, did you know that Chai FM will mention it for free on air for plus? We will list it also on our events page on chaifm.com. Interested? Have an event you want us to promote? Email Mandy at chaifm.com, 101.9 Chaifm, 101.9 megahertz of life. Indeed it is. This is 101.9 Chaifm and this is Robertson Adel Kozilski. At the top of the week with the first Soul to Soul segment for the week where we are going to be studying, continuing to study chapter 119 of uh, Psalms of Tehillim. And we just finished off with Yaakov Sh- uh, Shweki's song, Am Israel, um, and that song really talks about trust. And I just, I marvel at the universe. I honestly do, because if you actually stay connected and you kind of just, you know, allow your brain to be in the brain waves of how how synergistic the universe is. Um, I smiled because what more did we have to hear about Am Israel Lo Lefached? Bnei Israel, the children of Israel, do not fear because Hashem is with us and um, talking about the element of trust. And very interestingly, um, what we are going to be studying today is going to also talk about trust and about truth. And why is it so synergistic? <laughs> because I'm sure as as all of you were watching this weekend, the terrible repercussions of Hurricane Irma and watching really what's happening in this world, it's very, very easy to, you know, just to let go of stuff and go, OMG, my goodness gracious, you know, this world has become such a mess. There are so many things, negative things happening. The world is careering out of control and um, show that you, you land up like feeling that there, 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 there's, there's no control out there. There's nothing to trust. But as Jews, we know that every single thing that happens to us on a daily basis, on a micro minute basis is directed by Hashem and a Jew who trusts in Hashem. Albeit that our eyes and our senses will perceive that which seemingly looks negative um, or is negative. Um, If we have sufficient trust, we know that Hashem is in in control and that there is a rhyme and a reason for absolutely everything and that we need to trust in God. Very interestingly, um, if you were following some of the Instagram feeds from Hurricane Irma, I found quite amazing Jew and Gentile, um, when they boarded up their, 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 their apartments, their shops, I saw one Instagram feed where a guy went and had a, a I think it was a shop front and he had to board up four windows and on, so you, you see a, a facade with four boarded up big windows and so he had four words, one word spray painted, um, on each and he said, in God we trust. And then there was another one where a Jew was boarding up his home and um, he spray painted on the boards, Ein Od Milvado, there is nothing besides Hashem. And that was quite amazing to me that, you know, here are people who are literally going to probably lose their livelihood, lose their possessions, lose the places that they will live in. 
And what were what was the space? What were they thinking about? Ain odd movado. There's nothing besides God or in God we trust. And that was like a very, very powerful affirmation as that that's the way we need to live. We need to know that whilst things are quite hairy out there and whilst whilst things are really, really difficult, um there's and greater force controlling all of it. And if we hold on to the trust and belief that there is somebody out there greater than us, you know, controlling all of this, then we tend to live much calmer lives. Um, and as I'm sure that you've heard on High FM and certainly seen on the community board, this is just a shout out that um, on Thursday, 7.15 for 7.30 p.m. This coming Thursday, the 14th of September, I will be giving a talk at Santon Shul entitled ISIS, Hurricanes, I think North Korea, Are We at the End of Days? And uh, I will in uh, detail explain over there what I think is really happening according to Torah codes and according to what the Torah says about calamities in general. So if you want to come along, please, you're most welcome. It's for men and women. It's 17, uh, 7.15 for 7.30. Uh, there's a 50 rand entrance. Um, please come along over there. So let's get stuck into Tehillim. As we've always said, Tehillim has the same um, pronunciation is Tehillim, Tehillim are missiles. And for a Jew, when we say Tehillim, um, we are throwing out missiles of good, of positivity, and uh, we are connecting in to the vibrational energies of this world, and we are changing them for the positive. So whenever we find ourselves particularly in a, a place of difficulty. This is the book. This is where we should turn to, and this is what we should be saying. Um, and as we have been learning, we are doing chapter 119. That is the longest chapter of Tehillim. And uh, we are doing eight verses at a time. Each verse starts with another letter. Last week, we completed the letter Hey, and we are now going to embark on the letter Vav, now, the letter Vav, which is the sixth letter of the alphabet, the Kabbalah calls it an Atvata Dikshut. Atvata Dikshut, um, which means that it calls it the letter of truth. Why is it called the letter of truth? So the, it's explained why, because you, that's what a Vav looks like. A Vav looks like a perfectly straight, unbent, unadorned, Letter and Vav therefore stands for truth. It's just that's what it is. What you see is what you get. This is the unadulterated truth. So that's why it is called the letter of truth. Also, when you spell out the word Vav, 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 with a, with a, uh, um, a, uh, not a patach, a kamatz underneath it. Sorry, I had a momentary slip there. A kamatz, it means a connective hook. Vav means a connective hook. And in fact, we know that the letter Vav is the connective letter. Translated into English, it's used as the conjunction and. Okay, if we have mother, father, abba, ima, and we want to say father and mother, we go abba, v'ima. We add in a vav. So the vav forms the letter 
and and this is a, 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 this function is appropriate for the letter vav. Why? Because it's a letter of truth. And what happens when we practice truth? What happens when we go out there and we are the epitome of righteousness and truthfulness? We bring about harmony and unity. We join things together. We join people together. We create a, a feeling of goodwill amongst people and between man and God. We act in the capacity of a vav, of a connecting, of an and. On the other hand, if we practice falsehood, okay, what will happen? Falsehood, we know, breeds dissension. It breeds a rift and things fall apart. So the letter vav is um, very important in being the letter of truth. In fact, David says to God, Devar emet ad ma'od, that the word of utmost truth, meaning the Torah, is what is the word of utmost truth. And King David vows, and he says that he always wants to be a person that speaks the truth, even if it's in the presence of kings, um, because when one is a person whose word is known as true, then you are a person of moral integrity. Now, what a powerful message that is today when really 99% of what we hear is actually untruth, falsehood, manufactured, misconstrued, you name it, it's anything but the truth. So Torah comes and teaches us that what we need is truth and we need to stand firm. We need to stand upright um, as a letter of truth. You're listening to Robertson Adol Kazilski. Welcome back to Chai FM and we were having an introductory discussion about the letter Vav and we are going to get stuck now into the eight verses that start with the letter Vav in chapter 119. And of course, at any time, I'm happy to answer any questions on SMS 34519. If you'd like to WhatsApp, it's 0621482374. Email on air at chaifm.com. And uh, hey, if you want to chat, the on-air number is 0746547335. Verse 41 of chapter 119 starts the first vav, and in it, King David says, "Vivu uni chasadecha Hashem teshuatcha imratecha. May your kindness come to me, Hashem, your salvation as you promised." Now, our rabbis go and explain the chesed, the kindness which King David is referring to, is the greatest kindness that God can bestow upon Israel, and that is, in fact, redemption from exile, for us to have Mashiach and to go from galut, from exile, into geula, into redemption. And um, that's, where, that's we say it's in Mincha uh, prayers, we say, from Micha, give truth to Yaakov, Titen Emet le Yaakov, Chesed le Avraham, kindness to Avraham, as you have sworn to our fathers from days on old. So King David is asking God, may your kindness come to me, Hashem. May you bring the ultimate kindness to me, the arrival of Mashiach Tzitkenu. Why? Teshuatcha imratecha, your salvation as, um, as you've promised. Now, this entire verse is actually a reference to the messianic redemption. 
Now, how is it connected to the letter Vav? So the letter Vav has a gematria, has a numerical value of six. And this is alluding to the fact, and I will be talking about it much, much more um, on Thursday night at my talk, that the letter six is connected to the divine promise that the exile will not extend beyond the Elif Hashishi, the sixth millennium, meaning that the world was created, according to the Kabbalah, for 7,000 years. Each year is a play out of one day of creation. And by the end of the sixth thousandth year, we're in 5,788. So you can work out that we've only got a 200 odd um, left, uh, left. The world has to come to completion. Mashiach has to arrive. So when King David says, Vivuuni chasadecha Hashem, Tishuatcha kimratecha, Hashem, bring your kindness upon me, meaning bring the Geula, bring the redemption and your salvation as you have promised. What he was saying is, I'm asking and reminding you, Hashem, that you cannot allow this world to carry on past the year 6000 in the state that it is. Truthfully, we are much, much closer to the redemption than you think. If you're thinking, oh, well, it's in a 200 and whatever odd years that um, Mashiach is going to come. That's not true. And I'm not going to give you any more information over the radio. I invite you to come to my talk on Thursday night at the Santon Shul where I will be expounding this idea. Right now, for our purposes, though, the Vav has a numerical value of six and therefore is an illusion. It alludes to the f- divine province, uh, promise that exile will not extend beyond the sixth millennium. Now, here's another interesting thing is that who is going to announce the arrival of Mashiach? Who is going to tell us that Galut, exile is over and Geula, redemption is here? None other than? Eliyahu Hanavi. Okay, he is destined to announce the termination of the exile and the event and the arrival of Mashiach. And Rashi goes and says the following. Look at the word Eliyahu. Eliyahu. The last letter of Eliyahu is above. And Rashi goes and explains that there are five places in Torah where Yaakov's name is written full with an added vav. So generally, Yaakov is Yud, Ayin, Kuf, Beis. Okay, Yaakov. But there's five places in Torah where Yaakov is spelt Yud, Aleph, Kuf, Vav, Bet. The vav is added in. Um, and, continues Rashi, there are five places in Torah where the prophet Eliyahu's name, the prophet Elijah's name, is written defectively, without the customary vav. It's written Eliyah, Aleph, Lamed, Yud, Hey. There's no vav. And our sages go interpret this phenomenon in a, in a, in a homiletical, homiletical way as a guarantee of the final redemption. Why? Because they said it is as if Yaakov, Jacob, our forefather, took the letter vav, from the name of Eliyahu as a guarantee that the prophet would make this long-awaited announcement of our redemption. And at the time when he will, at the announcement of the redemption, 
the letter Vav will go from Jacob, from the Jewish people, and it will return back to Eliyahu's name. As it says in Yeshiyahu, in Isaiah, it says, With eternal kindness I have shown you mercy, says the Redeemer Hashem. And so that's why King David prays here, May your kindness come to me, and may we see your salvation according to your age-old promise. We, the Jews, are holding the vav that promise that there will be a redemption. And there, we're in the throes of the redemption. We're in the childbirth of redemption right now. And when Elijah the prophet comes back, we will give him back the missing vav. Um, verse 42 Membet reads as follows, davar. I shall offer a response to those who scorn me. Ki bidvarecha. I have trusted in your words. What is King David saying here? Well, I think for David himself and for all of us present, as we know, whatever happened to King David really happens to us. He's a very personable person. He's a person who had struggles and conflicts and, and, and obstacles and challenges in his life. And we very much identify with him. So in his time, what King David was saying, God help me. My enemies and my detractors are taunting me. Okay. And I know that there is nobody who can save me but you. So I shall offer a response to those who, 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 uh, scorn me. Key. Because I trusted in, in, in you. But what he's also saying is a, a, a prophetic thing, a future thing. I'm going to get up and I'm going to tell people on Thursday night about the end of days. And trust me, without fail, I'll guarantee it. There will be mockers and scorners in the audience that are going to say, please don't talk Boba Mices. Please stop making this up. This is absolutely ridiculous. My answer to them will be, I shall offer a response to those um, scorners. How? I have trusted in God's word. And I will try to my, my very best to prove to you why what the Torah is saying about the hurricanes and about ISIS and about North Korea are all true and that they are there and that really taunting a, a person, mocking a person, um, being cynical about it, is, is wrong. It's false. It's worthless. Um, and we know as a truth that as long as we languish in exile and Hashem doesn't fulfill his words, we are going to be taunted. People are going to say, well, where is your God? I don't see him. You know, he's, his face is concealed. There's nothing to answer. Met a guy the other day that said, I don't believe in God. Okay. Um, we had a little bit of a chat about it afterwards, but you can throw that out, but truthfully, even the guys that were about to lose everything in Hurricane Irma saw God. There's nothing but God, and in God we trust. So this is what, what King David is saying, and he's saying, even if people are going to taunt me, even if people are going to laugh, I still trust in your word, and I wait the future re- redemption. And at the time that the future redemption will happen, and please God, it will happen very Quickly in our days, we'll be able to respond to those who disgrace us and say, we believed in God. We believed in God and look, it all came true. So this is a very, very 
powerful thing that King David is saying. He's kind of like it's an encouragement for us that, you know, we, we still might be the mockery of the world. People will still laugh at us, but we need to stand firm and we need to stand connected. Verse 43 reads as follows. Do not remove from our mouth the word of the utmost truth. Emet ad me'od. We said the letter Vav stands for truth. And the letter Vav stands for connection. When we stand for truth, we connect. What is King David saying? King David is saying a few things for himself and then again for us. He's saying, I, I'm a judge. And that's what he was. King David was a judge. He was a lawmaker. And he was constantly called upon to issue legal decisions. And what he's saying over here is that he's pleading with God for divine assistance to render correct and truthful decisions. How? To the utmost degree. Degree. Do not remove from my mouth the word of the utmost truth. So the first thing that he's asking and alavai that all the judges and all the, the people that sit in the, the, the courts of justice and that are rendering, um, you know, judgments upon people would have this fear of God and this prayer on their lips that the judgment that they render is a judgment of truth. Today, the letter Vav, the concept of truth has almost, almost completely disappeared. Okay, but you can see where David is coming from and, and the emphasis that is actually giving us that we need to behave in a manner of truthfulness at all times. Um, Sforno, a commentator, renders and he says what David is, was also saying that he was preoccupied with military campa- campaigns and all sorts of things that, 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 um, were taking up his daily life as being the king of Israel and that he was asking God there that he finds adequate opportunities to study Torah because then he'll be able to keep the word of truth in his mouth. If a person doesn't establish a set time to, for Torah study and you don't pursue what God wants you to do, Ultimately, you will see that your speech and your manner and the paradigm with which in you work becomes blurred and you start on, start measuring yourself amongst all the relative measurements of this world. Well, what does my friend say? What does the government say? What does my community say? What does my husband or wife say? And we start not living according to truth. We need to know that we have to learn Torah in order to gain the truth and then Live by the truth. And he has one other very interesting thing. The Talmud in Sanhedrin states that one of the signs, and here you have it, you're getting a bit of a preview of Thursday night's talk. One of the signs of the generation that lives before the arrival of Mashiach is that in the era of the generation preceding the, uh, the advent of Mashiach, that in that era, the truth will vanish. Isn't that so true of us today? We're living in such a falsehood. And so it should be our prayer. It should be on our lips. That Hashem make sure that the the words of truth do not leave my lips. 
כי למשפטך יאכלתי, it ends, because I hoped for your judgment, which means what? That we are waiting. This too is an allusion to Mashiach, because it says, Tzion b'mishpat tipade, that Tzion, that Israel will be redeemed with judgment, and we are hoping that the, the judgment will lead to the final redemption. God will see us worthy of the arrival of Mashiach. A very, very important message. How many of you out there practice truth? How many of you out there, when you speak, you know that you're not convoluting it, that you're not making it up, that you're not exaggerating, that you're not deviating, that you're not doing any of whatever it is that we all tend to do. To be a person of truth means to always stick to what's right, what is correct, to be upright like the letter Vav. Verse 44. I will safeguard your Torah constantly, forever and ever. King David gives a promise to God that he'll study constantly throughout his entire lifetime because then he is assured of living a life of truth. And that is a lesson to us that in order to live the life of truth, if you ask yourself what is true today, truth is relative. The early Real truth, the honest truth, the truth of the truth that we can get is if we study Torah because that's the manual that God gave humanity. God's the manufacturer. He gave us a manual on how we should live. And if we stick to how God tells us how to live, then we will be living truly a truthful way. The example I always give, and it's a, it's, it's, a, it's a standard example, if you go into a shop and buy a washing machine and you bring it home and you want it to work to its complete efficiency, best you read the instruction manual because the instruction manual was put together line by line, point by point on every single aspect of the washing machine, where to put the soap, how to switch it on, what cycle to put on, whether to have hot or cold water, how to plug it in, how to keep it clean, etc., etc. Do all of that, and you're guaranteed that your washing machine is going to service you well. But if you come home with a slapdash attitude, ah, I know how it works, plug it in, press a few buttons, try to get it to will, you put in the wrong washing powder. Maybe you stick the wrong clothes on the wrong um, cycle. Maybe you think it would be a good idea to get your, <laughs> your dishes washed by the washing machine. What is going to happen to your washing machine? It's ultimately going to break because you are misusing it. The parable is clear. God is the manufacturer of the world. He created the world. And he gave us a manual on how this world should run and what is right and what is wrong. You want to have a fruitful, creative life where you are living correctly, where you're doing things and, and, and fulfilling your purpose, you have to study Torah because in Torah is the instructions of how we should live our lives. Sadly, today, Humanity has forgotten that. We've lost that plot. We live life according to us. We live life to according to what we feel, what we think, what we want. And what has happened is we've actually unraveled the world into an absolutely crazy place. 
If you have any comments on, 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 on what I've said or you want to make any comments, please feel free, 3419. You're listening to Robertson Adol Kazilski. Thank you, Eric, for your lovely message, and I'm glad that you're enjoying the, sh- the shiur. We are on verse 45, um, which reads as follows. I will then walk in broad pathways, for I have sought out your precepts. This is a verse that is following from the previous one, where the previous few, where David is saying to God, God, please let your kindness come to me, your salvation. I will offer a response to all those that mock me. Don't remove from my mouth the word of truth. I, I, uh, and safeguard your Torah constantly forever and ever. And he says, if all of that happens, what is going to happen? I will be able to walk in broad pathways, um, because I sought out your Torah. I learned your Torah. Now the word, ve'et halcha, if you have a tehillim in front of you and you are following inside, ve'et halcha, and if you're not, you can hear it, has the same, um, is, is an allusion to the word halacha. What is halacha? Halacha is Torah law. Okay? And halacha allows one or gives one the parameters in which to function. And this goes back to what we just said before the break. That when one abides to the laws of the Torah, when one learns halacha, or if you want to pronounce it halacha, when one lives by the the laws that are recorded in the Torah, then what happens? We are able to walk with broadness, with expansiveness. It actually sets you free. And here's the irony, is that most times people will look upon an Orthodox Jew, an observant Jew, and say, why would I want to be observant? Like, I'm going to be shackled. I can't do this and I can't do this and I have to do this and I have to do that. And yes, there are 613 mitzvot in the Torah and there's so many things we have to and we can't and we should and we mustn't. But you know what the truth is? It's the most liberating thing that one can do. Because when one lives with a structure, one lives with a compass, one lives within a paradigm of these are the things that are right and these that are things that are not right, you actually are liberated. You're berchava. You are broad. You, you, you've got a broad path that you can, you can, you can walk on. And what is the proof? The proof is if you look at a kid that you're raising, if you say to the kid, you know what, little Johnny, get up when you want, go to sleep when you want, eat when you want, go to school if you want, don't go to school if you want, wreck the house if you want, paint the walls if you want, do what you want, behave how you want. We all know that little Johnny would be a very ostreperous and horrible little boy. When we look upon a child and say, wow, that's a great kid, you'll see that that child is living within a framework of do's and don'ts, of how to behave when, of when to get up, when to go to sleep, which school to attend, how to finish your homework, what to eat, when to eat it. A person that grows up that way is a liberated person. Because then you're able to fulfill yourself when there are no do's and don'ts and when there are no borders and when there is no responsibility for anything, 
then we have mayhem. And that's why we, the world is in the mess that we have today. So this is what King David says, I will walk in broad pathways. Because when I constantly safeguard and study your Torah and I'm thoroughly familiar with its ways, then I am able to walk freely and I'm able to, to, to behave in a honest way, in a moral way, in a truthful way, and I will be able to enjoy life in its expansiveness. Verse 46 reads as follows, And then I will be able to speak before kings, and I will not be ashamed. Really what David is saying is, I'm, I'm different. My approach to the affairs of the state differ radically from all the other kings. Why? Because all other leaders spend their time discussing politics, economics, military strategy, King David was a guy that studied Torah. That was his thirst. That was his, that was what he wanted to do. That was his passion. And what did they do? They, they attempted to, to mock him, to ridicule him and, and the method by which he ran his government. But he was able to speak against them. He was able to refute them. And at the end of the day, I will not be ashamed. I will speak your truth. I will speak about your Torah before the kings. The law Evosh, I will not be embarrassed because I will succeed where the other kings will fail. And that is what a true Jewish leader is all about. A true Jewish leader is a person who lives by Morals and integrity and by what the Torah wants and enforces it, even though if the whole world screams the other way, they live the way they have to. And ultimately what will happen is that you'll be able to walk proud. You'll be able to stand proud. And this is a huge lesson for us. Let us stop being apologetic for who we are. Let us stop being apologetic in the workplace in the political arena, in the economic place, wherever we find ourselves, stop apologizing that we're Jewish. Be proud that you're Jewish, but behave in a Jewish manner. Behave with morals, with integrity, with honesty, and with uprightness. The final verse, verse 47, um, ends off, sorry, it's not, it's the second last verse, says, I will be pre preoccupied with your commandments, which I love, meaning that while all the other kings of the world are, ex are exhausted by their burdens, their staggering burdens of and countless cares and responsibilities, and they're issuing commands to subordinates and supervising executions and, and all sorts of things, King David recognized, you know what? God is the ruler. He's the monarch of Israel. He controls the destiny and the fortunes of the Jewish people. And so the burdens of the state are just an exercise of study. And all I have to do, King David realized, is execute the precepts of the Torah. And that's what I love doing. I will do what God wants me to do. And all of it will just work out. Finally, he says, And I will lift my hands up to your commandments, which I love. Because a person, when a person looks at a task lying before him and he sees it as a burden, he's reluctant to begin work 
because he can barely lift his hands. A person who loves his work will always eagerly accept his duties, and in his enthusiasm, his hands will seem to lift themselves up to tackle the job. And this is what King David was saying. I will lift my hands to your commandments, which I love, and I will discuss your statutes. I will never, ever, ever get tired of talking the truth of Torah. A very powerful, powerful message for us um, in today's times. Erev Rosh Hashanah, we're almost about 10 days away from the day of judgment, from standing before God, that we take upon ourselves to live truthful lives, upstanding lives, like the letter Vav. Kosher worlds are conveniently open from 7 a.m. to 10 p.m., Motzei Shabbos to Friday at 4 p.m. They also have the largest offering and keenest prices for all your Rosh Hashanah shopping. So why don't you go on in? It's the Chagim. Get into the swing as you shop at your convenience. Their simple slogan says it all. If it's on our shelves, it's kosher. Kosher World is South Africa's, indeed Africa's only kosher supermarket. Or that all on their shelves are under the Bethlehem supervision. And as a franchise of Africa's giant ShopRite Checkers Group, they have the keenest prices too. Wishing everybody a wonderful week.